0: We are going to now wrap our show up with looking at what's happening uh, south of the border. We saw in Chile an election that happened uh, not that long ago um, that uh, literally uh, moved um, that that country uh, more to the left. Um, And now there's an election um, in Peru that's being contested. We're going to find out what is going on there, but it looks as though a school teacher, um, a socialist school teacher, may very well become the next president of Peru. I'd like to welcome our guest, Francesca um, Emanuel, Peruvian sociologist, born and raised in the province of Ica, four hours from Lima currently a research assistant at the university american university in washington dc where she's pursuing doctoral studies in anthropology for the past 15 years her articles have been published in numerous peruvian uh, newspapers she's currently a regular columnist for the progressive peruvian Uh, Publication, OECA, and prior to academia, Francesca was the correspondent for Telesur in Washington, D.C. and a communications director for the Peru-based nonprofit Promsex, which advocates for L.G.T.B. I rights, here it would be LGBTQ rights, and women's reproductive rights. Her most recent piece in English on the coup in Bolivia was published by the magazine Red Pepper. So, uh, Francesca, we're happy to have you with all of your expertise and experience. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So what's happening with this election I mean millions of people on the edge of their seats waiting for the outcome of this presidential uh, election and it's now uh, down to two but Pedro Castillo an indigenous socialist school teacher and union activist right now he's ahead Tell us what's going on Francesca
1: so yeah so this is a historic election for Peru because Peru will have for the first time in its history since it became a republic to years ago, a president who comes from the working class, as you said, who is a school teacher, a farmer, a campesino. He's also a leftist, a socialist, with some conservative idea that in the past few weeks he mentioned is willing to evolve, um, talking specifically about ideas of supporting abortion or uh, gay marriage. But, for example, he met with several LGBTQI and feminist groups and said that he will fight for diversity. Castillos' president would also shake the geopolitical scenario. Peru has been one of the historic allies of the U.S. for the past 30 years. Peru has been extremely close to the U.S. They signed a free trade agreement. Even in foreign policy, uh, uh, Peru has helped the U.S. in uh, regarding uh, its attempt to oust Nicolás Maduro in Venezuela. Peru has served as a tool, leading something called El Grupo de Lima. Uh, But Castillo has clearly stated that he believes that Venezuelans should resolve their internal affairs without external intervention. So, as you said, everything indicates that Castillo will be the winner of these presidential elections in Peru. He has an advantage of more than 70,000 votes against his opponent, Keiko Fujimori, who is the daughter of the former Peruvian dictator Alberto Fujimori. And she was the first lady during Alberto Fujimori's presidency. And and while she was the first lady, uh, her father committed horrible human rights violations. And, and he armed paramilitary groups that killed thousands of innocent people. And and he also sent to a sterilize 200,000 women, mostly indigenous against this consent, and not even that. Now uh, Keiko Fujimori, the opponent of uh, Castillo, uh, has been investigated for the past uh, 15 months for money laundering and also corruption and financing illegally her uh, her campaign. And I'm saying all of this because, as you said, uh, the results haven't been announced. So uh, Keiko Fujimori doesn't want to lose this election because if she does it she will go directly to prison the public prosecutor has requested 30 years in prison for her and and she has announced a new attack on these elections uh, and and she has said that there are some fraud I'm uh, uh, sorry that there there is fraud in these elections and she is trying to invalidate uh, 880 tally sheets uh, with more than 200,000 votes supporting Castillo. She has uh, a group of 48 uh, lawyers that belong to the most uh, like powerful firms in the country, and they are going to try to to uh, invalidate this, the, the results of these elections. But as I said, I mean, the electoral organizations in Peru, the, le- the electoral institutions have said already that, these elections have been transparent. The uh, the OAS, the Organization of American States, and the European Union, who went there to Peru to observe these elections, have said that these elections have been transparent. So, uh, even though Keiko Fujimori, the opponent, wants to contest these elections, uh, she is doing it in basely, baselessly. So there are there is no evidence for her allegations of fraud.
0: Right, and tell us in the time we have left. Tell us a bit about the Free Peru Party, which is the party of Pedro Castillo, and a little bit about him, uh, because he has said uh, he has the slogan "No more poor in a rich country," and we we know the U.S. They don't respond kindly to uh, governments that they feel they can't really control. And also in terms of uh, minerals that are needed, um, we know that uh, lithium, for example, is found not only in Bolivia, I think it is lithium, but also in Peru. So uh, uh, on the environmental front, uh, there's going to be you know a lot of pressure uh, put there on whoever is going to be the next president. So tell us about him and his party.
1: Yeah, his party, uh, as you said, is called Peru Libre. It's not a national party in the sense that it was a regional party, a local party, a small party, that became nationally national suddenly. Uh, so, uh, as I said, they are a leftist party, and they support land reform or agricultural reform a new constitution to replace the one written while well, the dictatorship of Alberto Fujimori. And he, 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 uh, Pedro Castillo has talked about re- renegotiating contracts with transnationals, even renegotiating the free trade agreement with the U.S., which is something that, of course, the economic powers doesn't like. Uh, he has talked about nationalizing strategic resources like natural gas, he hasn't said that he's against mining, but he has said he has said that he supports mining under fair conditions and without uh, damaging the environment. He actually has lived all his life in a, in an area called Cajamarca in the interior of Peru, in the in the north of Peru, that has the most uh, number of mining projects in the country. So he has witnesses with witness. How indigenous communities and campesinos have fought against mining projects that have damaged the environment. So uh, this is this is the important part uh, that uh, people should know abroad. This uh, Pedro Castillo is a rural school, school teacher that lived all his life there. We have had other presidents that came from working class backgrounds, but. They left and they went to Europe or or to the U.S. when when they became like teenagers and they came back and then they came back. But uh, Pedro Castillo has been always there and yeah. he's part of the working class, the Peruvian working class. He represents uh, most Peruvians.
0: Right. Well, I'm afraid we are going to have to end it there, but we're, we'll wait to see how this happens. And um, Kyoko uh, Fujimori challenging um, the election itself. So we'll see how all of this plays out. We appreciate you taking the time to join us. And, and we'll also see, I mean, there was a shift that happened in Chile in the elections. There a shift seemingly happening now in Peru. Meanwhile, in Colombia, a lot of people being killed. Etc. with massive protests uh, happening on the streets. So a lot going on there south of the border of people trying to fight for dignity and to make change for economic justice. Uh, Francesca, Emmanuel, thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you.